0: A bar stool. And keep it nice and simple today. Talk about Facebook fraud. Is our Facebook ads a waste of money? We're gonna get to that. We're gonna talk about uh, the death of Facebook interest targeting and why I think we're making a major shift there. At least I am personally. I wonder if you are too. We got time. We'll dig into some WCA look like audiences and what that may mean. That's all. Noth- nothing more. Nothing less. Let's so pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. John here from JohnLumber.com and John Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where each week I invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. Oh, man. Today, we're going to do things a little different. I don't know if, if it's still the pub. Well, if it, because I've got a different drink today uh, Taking a different route It's actually later at night As opposed to the morning time I've got myself a glass of red wine Really weird, right? Because uh, I'm not a classy guy I won't pretend to be Beer fits me well But That said When someone reaches out and says I'll send you free wine If you'll drink it on the podcast What do you say? Yes, please. I say that. Uh, so, big, big thanks to John Bjork from Panthos Cellars uh, out in Lodi, California. I'm working on today, I've already I already drank, uh, my wife and I already drank one of the bottles he sent us, but I'm working on a 2008 Panthos today, which uh, is a blend. I'm not going to act like I'm a, a red wine snob, though red wine is, when I drink wine, I do love red wine. I'm not going to act like I'm a snob, like I know all about it, but uh he sent me a bunch of information on it really really good um so anybody who's who's interested in the uh California brewer or, excuse me California wineries uh Pantheon Cellars the good stuff thanks again John so raise a glass cheers oh yeah that's the good stuff right there so um now last time I recorded my podcast Uh, A week ago, I say a week ago, today is Monday. Um, The prior Monday I recorded, and this was before all hell broke loose with the Facebook fraud video that went viral and crazy. And pretty much, uh, there are two ends of this thing. I mean, I hate this kind of stuff, and I really want to just ignore it it when it first started coming out. But I had so many people sending me the video that I knew I had to, re- had to respond. And when I responded, since it was in response to a viral video, it meant m- my biggest traffic week ever. So, um, thanks to, <laughs> I guess I can, I can kind of send a thanks out to Veritasium for creating that video. Um, I didn't, I don't chase stuff to get traffic. So I wasn't chasing you to get traffic. I just responded cause I knew I had to, um, and it seemed to be something that resonated with, with some people. Now it's also controversial. So don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, just make sure you go to johnlimbercom fraud or just check the uh, show notes on this one and you'll see what I'm talking about. But Veritasium, who they don't purport to be Facebook marketers per se, um, but they, they've created a couple of scathing videos it's really easy to write, to create, I'm going to say this, this this, make, this is what makes me skeptical about the whole thing. It's really easy to create a, a viral video that is scathing about Facebook to talk about how Facebook is fraudulent. Um, and I also found it interesting when they shared this on Facebook, they've gotten a ton of, uh, they've gotten a, a, a ton of traction on Facebook. They've saved it multiple, they've shared it multiple times, even in multiple different Languages, So they seem to know the, the value of Facebook there. But regardless, uh, so this video, uh, it's a nine-minute video. Three main points, three main examples they provide that purport to show Facebook ads as being fraudulent. Kind of a strong word there. Uh, first, virtual bagel. Now this one kind of drove me crazy. This is an old story from 2012. Uh, BBC technology correspondent Rory Kellen Jones created a page called Virtual Bagel. It was supposed to be completely worthless. No reason anyone should want to like it. He created it to help measure the value of a like. His thought was if he advertised it, no one should like the page. But he did advertise it, spent $100 on ads, um, ended up with more than 3,000 fans. And he targeted those ads at the U.S., U.K., Russia, India, Egypt, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines. Interesting choice of countries. Um, And what he found was virtually nobody in the U.S. or U.K. liked the page. But uh, uh, the the other countries, uh, the the click-through rate was about 10 times higher. Um, So that, that was the first example. Second was the actual Veritasium page, which I was kind of surprised and happy that they shared this. So, also start starting in two thousand twelve, they started promoting that uh, that page with ads, and they went went from two thousand fans to more than one hundred thirty thousand today. It sounds like though, you know, for the purpose of this study, it was a little over hundred thousand that they were talking about. I, it wasn't real clear. But he found that as his audience grew, engagement did not. And in fact, he felt as though engagement actually went down. Um, And the reason for this is apparently 75% of his fans, of of Veritasium Page fans, came from these uh, click farm countries, which include India and... Bunch of others actually just mentioned mentioned as a in part of that last uh, example, and um, the likes that were you know, so so people who who led to those uh, eighty thousand likes um, generate only one percent of the engagement. So obviously worthless. Okay, so again that was from two thousand twelve, and finally, it decided. We'll do a completely worthless uh, study and spend twenty-five dollars and do some really small sample size experiment and create a page called Virtual Cat. At least they did target U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. They ended up getting two hundred sixty-two page likes. Now, there could be a, it could have been so much more value in this study, but what they did was they didn't provide any true facts. Next, they just said. A lot of the likes came from people who liked thousands of pages. They didn't say how many pages. They didn't say how many users that you know they saw that were like that. Um, but again, a small sample size, $25. And then the 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 hammer on this one was supposed to be, they wrote a post. Again, this page, when they created the ads, they targeted cat lovers uh, with a page Was supposed to be worthless called Virtual Cat. And then they wrote a post saying, this is a scientific study. Uh, Can you tell us why you liked this page? And there were like 262 page likes at the time. And they got, and it reached eight people, at least when they took the screen grab. Who knows when that it was? Because, you know, I hate reach and it got no engagement. I just got so much to say about this. (laughs) So anyway, read again, read my post on it. But first of all. And and they they bring up some good points. Yes, they're click farms. They're people whose business it is to like your page and give you, say, a thousand likes for $70, and they hire workers in India and Philippines, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Egypt, Indonesia, Bangladesh, countries like that, a lot of the same countries we were just hearing about in in both the first two examples. Um, So we know that exists. Now, and we agree on some things in that, yeah, there are problems. There are fake likes out there. There are bots. Uh, There are people trying to get around the system. Facebook does try to get rid of them. They deleted 83 million accounts at one time. It's not like they're just letting the stuff hang out there. And people freak out when all of a sudden their likes go down. And this is one of the reasons because Facebook's deleting these accounts. So, yeah, that is an issue. But I have a lot of issues with this video. First of all these the, the bulk of this the examples they give are from two thousand twelve. like if you're using Facebook ads as if it's two thousand and twelve, you deserve the results you get. They didn't use conversion tracking or custom audiences or lookalike audiences or website custom audiences or FBX or partner categories or Facebook's new ad reports to see what's working and what's not. They didn't use Power Editor. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, and then with the click farms, yeah. So they were targeting country countries like India, Egypt, Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, and, and they now understand this is 2012. We all make mistakes. I made mistakes in 2012, and you make some assumptions about. Well, if they like your page, they actually probably like it. That said, it sounds like they were advertising, I think, after this whole virtual bagel thing. But not only that, but I feel like you'd realize, because it wasn't like they just spent a few dollars to get 5,000 fans. They got eight. the, the, the Veritasium page 80,000 fans from Click Farm countries. 80,000. How much money do you have to spend for that? That's crazy. Didn't you start to wonder if something was off at some point? I mean, unless you did all this in like a week, which I doubt, there was probably some time in here to realize you screwed up and maybe backtrack on your targeting a little bit. It almost seemed like I set up. Like they were trying to set the stage for something to show, you know? I just just felt really iffy to me. So that's the next thing. Then the small sample, like the, the one example that they gave that I thought was on the right path to being compelling was the virtual cat. Because they did target the right countries. And they did say that there were a lot of, there were a lot of uh, fans who liked thousands of pages. That's compelling. Because I, I wouldn't say that that's a, that not, can't happen because I've seen a little bit of that in the past. But provide some data. Okay, so of those 262 page page likes, how many of those people liked 3,000 pages? Give us something. What's the average number of page likes they had? But there there were a lot of issues with that across the board. Yeah, a small sample size. And the small sample size results on the the reach example, like they, so they published one post on a Friday and it reached only eight people and it didn't get any engagement because you freaking create, and also created a post that had nothing to do with cats. He <laughs> it says it's a scientific experiment. And they even said that if something gets no engagement, it gets less reach. Well, yeah, it had no, if you actually had people who cared about cats and you share that you shouldn't expect to get any engagement or reach. So, but anyway, it would have been nice if they would have spent more on ads. They have the money, clearly, if they're going to spend enough on ads to get 80,000 fans from crazy click farm countries. Um, But they stopped. And they didn't provide any data beyond that. My biggest issue? The targeting. I mean, come on. It's not just the countries. They didn't do anything to make sure you could target your ideal audience. And I'm going to get to this here in a a minute about how interest targeting in itself is just like, it's outdated. You don't need to do interest targeting anymore. You can avoid this stuff. You don't need to end up a bunch of bots and spammers. You can target really specifically to make sure you, first of all, reach your customers or people who visit your website. And look, I don't know. I just... It really bothered me, and to be honest with you, if if you target your ads poorly, you shouldn't expect them to work, and you shouldn't complain when they don't. It was a big big issue for me, and um, you know I I'm not gonna rehash all the examples I have of how Facebook ads worked for me. I've gone over it many times, and it, you know, what's funny is the focus of my strategy is that. I have a, it's a Facebook sales funnel. I have to build up a highly relevant audience to sell to. So that like is important. If the like was worthless, I get no value out of it. I'll be just hemorrhaging money, losing it. But that's not the case. Um and also, you know, the countries that I am targeting are yes, US, UK, Canada, Australia for the most part. And where do I get the majority of my talking about this From those four countries And of course In the beginning I made some mistakes with ads Without my CPM And I admit that And I've actually documented it back two years ago But that said i recovered And now like 15% of my fans Come from India Philippines Thailand Not 75% like this crazy guy So I don't know. I just had huge issues with it. Um, I thought that Jeff Ferguson, and we'll make sure to provide a link in the notes on this one. Jeff Ferguson of um, Fang Digital. He's been on the show before. He had a great point. People are paid to optimize advertising and advertise well. That is their job. That is their career. So when you just hop in and create some crappy ad without targeting and it doesn't work, how can you blame Facebook? I just find that crazy. There's a reason why there's a whole career built around this. And it's not just Facebook. First of all, Twitter ads, good luck. You got bots and fake accounts all over the place. Google, same kind of stuff. But again, I would not hop into. Google, and I even hopped into Twitter ads and didn't have a whole lot of success. I will freely admit, I probably don't know what I'm doing yet. Google, I've done very few AdWords campaigns. I'm not going to hop in, spend $100, get horrible results, and say Google ads suck. I just find this so dumb. I just don't understand. what, But, but, I mean, I I think I, I get it. That's the kind of stuff it sells when I say it sells that's the stuff that gets clicks. If you accuse Facebook of fraud you're going to get clicks and you know why? Because it provides validation for those who couldn't get to work for those who didn't hire anyone for to do it, or for those who wouldn't put in the time and effort to figure out how to do it properly It's great for those who took who took who cut corners and 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 didn't target well, but focused instead on getting as cheap likes as possible to impress somebody, and then now they can make excuses and point fingers when they're not getting any results out of it. That's what I think. So it got me riled up, but I did my best to write as objectively as I could on the topic. And I understand. Um, and I've had a few people say this: "Oh, John, you're a Facebook marketer. You're biased." Well, I guess. But look, it's not like I work for Facebook. It's not even like I work for an agency where this is my livelihood. This is my livelihood, but I chose it. I chose it because it works. If it didn't work, I'd do something else. That's the beauty of doing your own thing. I'm comfortable with Facebook because it works. I've been doing this for seven years. So eh, then again, because I've been doing it for seven years, I can't expect everyone to get it. But, I think everyone, like the the thought that it, if it doesn't work perfectly for a beginner, there's something wrong with Facebook is just a flawed argument. And if you're not going to put in the effort and just hit boost post, or create an untargeted ad that brings in a bunch of bots, and it's Facebook's fault? Come on, man. There are bots and fake accounts everywhere. It's not just Facebook. It's kind of like... Not to get make a, a tangent here in, in sports, but it's kind of like how the cheaters will always be ahead of the testers in sports. There will always be cheaters in marketing, people trying to get around SEO, get around Google and their algorithm, people doing the same thing on Facebook. And when you got over a billion people on Facebook, you're damn right it's attractive. There's money there. So that's my feeling. <laughs> Can can you tell I'm riled up? Um, But yeah, make sure you go check out johnlimmer.com slash fraud. Read my post on that. I need a nice sip of red wine. Cheers. Oh, yeah. All right. So I think this leads really nicely. In fact, I wasn't really planning this. But today's Monday night. I just completed writing another blog post. I haven't quite published it yet. Called the death of Facebook interest targeting, shifting budget priorities. So, thought here in this kind of I think my my thought process here was uh, moving along because of that whole Facebook fraud video in the first place. It's like why in the world would you still target that way? You don't have to, especially Veritasium. They've got a huge YouTube audience. I'm sure they have a huge email list. I'm sure they get a ton of website traffic. And you're targeting people based on interest? Granted, a lot of that came from 2012. But I sure as hell hope they're not targeting that way now. Assuming they're still running ads, which unless they're complete hypocrites, they've stopped by now. Um, So here, here's my feeling. Interest targeting is so 2012. <laughs> it's just not even necessary anymore. Now, there are exceptions to that, and I'll get to that in a minute. But interest targeting, first of all, when you target like pages and interests, uh, when you create your ads to say I want to reach people who like these pages or or who um, who have expressed an interest in these pages, in some way, interacted in some way. There, there, there. First of all, huge weaknesses in this, um, as you probably know, Facebook's merged. Though it's no longer precise interest. They've merged the precise interest and the hashtag interest. Hashtag interest was really broad. So is anyone talking about anything related to... So they merged the two things. So now it's pretty broad. But if you were targeting the way I was with interest targeting, it actually still has some value. Like the, At least the pages I was targeting before, pages like Social Media Examiner, Mari Smith, Amy Porterfield, and a whole bunch of others... The audience really didn't change when it when it got merged. So I think it's more the people and there are a lot of people ticked off or seeing a de- decline in, in their performance. I think it's because they were probably targeting more broadly, or else more popular terms um, that where the hashtag side of it was pretty heavy. My expectation, because I'm guessing the hashtag Mari Smith. Hashtag Amy Porterfield Hashtag social media examiner um, When I say hashtag It's not people using hashtags just related to We're just not that significant Because when you look at When I look at the numbers The targeting numbers They're about the exact same As the number of people Who like the pages So um, But the weakness First of all When you merge those two things is Yeah it is broader It's difficult to target um, But the other thing is And I've, I've talked about this before you're putting a lot of faith in the brands you're targeting that they did it the right way. Let's say for example, I want to target the fans of Veritasium. That would probably be a bad idea because if we didn't know about their horrible fan base and how, how they went about getting those fans, we would and, and we had a related we were in a related industry say so I want to target them. You might you'd have no idea that you're targeting a bunch of bots, and you could end up with a bunch of their bots and spam accounts and fake accounts and stuff. So that that can cause a huge issue. But the the answer isn't like what Veritasium basically says, throwing up your hands and say, Pfft, screw this, I'm not creating Facebook ads. This is a waste of money. No, it's the interest targeting is no longer. Your first option. It's not your second option. In fact, I'd argue it's not your third or fourth option either. Some exceptions, and I'll get to that in a second. Actually, one exception. But your first priority should be targeting your fans. I know some people think that's stupid. And I think you're crazy. Because the the, the argument is, I already paid to get them to like my page. Now I'm double dipping to reach them again. Well, give me a break. All right. When you create a post and you publish it organically, you're not going to reach 100% of your fans. If you think you are with filtering or not, you're crazy. You don't understand how people work. People you don't have 100% of your fans sitting on and their computer on Facebook every day just waiting for you to post. So yeah, you're going to reach 5 to 10% of your fan base. When you when you publish something organically um, but oh my goodness this is the group if you target it properly you didn't do it the way veritasium did this this is that's why I say this is how the sale, Facebook sales funnel works you get a really highly engaged audience who trusts you who yes they do see your, your content in their in their news feed and then you're ready to sell something you know what they do they buy it. And yes, yeah, someone will buy it when, they, when you share something organically. But would you rather reach 5% of your fans with something that sells your, your product or 50% or more? And if I told you that you could get 15, 20, 40, 50 times ROI by targeting your fans, that would kind of be worthwhile if you spent a few dollars on those ads, Right? Because that's what I see. That's all because I first built a highly relevant audience. And then I'd create ads targeting them when I sell products. So number one, my first priority is fans. Number two, custom audiences. Email, email list. So target your email subscribers who aren't currently fans. Easy. Create ads uh, to get them to like your page. If they haven't already. And also feel free to share it. Uh, when you promote posts, target them. And when you sell products, target them as well. Great audience of people. I mean, really? Th- that audience more committed to you than your fans. But I see more results out of fans only because of context. They're used to seeing you in the news feed every day. If you're going to target someone who's a non-fan on your email list... They're only seeing it as an ad. And that seems to be looked at a little bit differently, though it's still effective. So that's two. Three, what I'm most excited about, website custom audiences. Your website visitors. This fills a huge void, man. I mean, Assuming that 100% of your traffic doesn't come from, say, your email list now and your Facebook marketing efforts now, there's all kinds of other people going to your website who aren't subscribed to your email list who don't like your page, and they just disappear. And unless you're really lucky with your Facebook ad targeting, you're not reaching them. The, the, uh, so, so for me right now, I've got an email list of 16,000 people. Facebook fans, 40,000. That's 56,000 people. Do you know how big my website custom audience list is after 17 days? It's almost 100,000 people. No effort. I can suddenly target at least 44,000 new people who aren't subscribed to my newsletter and who aren't fans of my page but who do know my content because they just read it. I can reach them. That's awesome. So these aren't people who I'm blindly targeting based on interest. These are people who actually read my post. How awesome is that? And when I promote posts... Who's going to be the most likely to want to read it? Probably someone who was just on my website. And I can even exclude the people who already read that post with website custom audiences. Wow, right? Again, no reason to use interest yet. That's number three. And you know one ad I've been running that's been really successful, I only run, I only run it when I've got openings available for my one-on-one. And as soon as it books for the week, I shut it down. But I've been running uh, ads to book one on one saying, hey, Facebook ads work. You're seeing this ad because you visited my website. I can help you get more out of your efforts. And it's for my one on one coaching. Guess what? Huge ROI. I'm barely spending anything on this. Huge. So that's three. Four lookalike audiences. Now, this is just a short step away from. Uh, interest targeting. Don't get me wrong. Because basically what Facebook does is they find users similar to those on your custom audience list. So whether it be website custom audiences or your email list, and it's, I'm assuming it's based on interests and demographics and things like that. But the key is you're not blindly trying to determine um, what those interests are. Facebook's looking at your actual customers and your actual website visitors as a basis so while I wouldn't use look like audiences as the core of your strategy, it's a great way to expand the net. Really good way. And then finally, number five, we're on number five now on this priority list of a way to target your ads. Interests. And I'm not gonna say they're worthless. I still use interest targeting to a point. But it's way down my priority list. I use graph search to help me find the interest to target, say, hey, you know, pages liked by John people who like John Lumber Digital. It's really effective. I found a lot of a lot of uh, success in that. But that said, those other things have taken a step above it. WCA does way better in cost per page, like. So, I but uh, now understanding all this, and like I said at the beginning, at the top, there are exceptions. But this is an evolution, okay. So I think the way I view targeting now is different than, I, than a new business. So if you're a completely new business, completely new to Facebook, haven't sold anything, don't have anyone on your email list yet, then yeah, interests have to be number one. And then you got to look into lookalike audiences and then fans and then custom audiences and website custom audiences. Depending on how, how much traffic you get and all that, website custom audiences could actually be really high on that list depending on your traffic that doesn't mean interests are your priority it just means that you're going to burn through those other things really fast because you don't have you have such small audiences and you want to grow i mean most of us don't want to take our time we want to grow so it evolves it evolves as you build that email list which you should be doing from day 1 and I did not you need to as your website traffic grows suddenly you have very relevant people. More relevant than than any kind of interest targeting you could ever do because they know who you are. You need to target those people. We got it? So is it the death of Facebook interest targeting? Pretty close. I'm on the verge of never using it again. And there's just so many other ways you should be targeting and you can avoid all this bot fake account stuff. Right? So raise a glass of that. Cheers. All right. So one more thing I want to talk about really briefly. Um, Website custom audience, lookalike audiences were rolled out at least least, uh, temporarily and taken away from me. I'm sure they're going to be back. Um, So something to keep an eye on within Power Editor, of course, you can create lookalike audiences off your custom audiences. This is something I was looking forward to from the start that you could create a lookalike audience based on the people who have visited your website. So Facebook could find other users who are similar to those who visit your website. That could be really nice, especially for those, again, who are still trying to build their fan base, those who maybe they don't have an email list yet, um, and you want to start with the the website audience, which maybe isn't that large, but then turn it into a a lookalike audience. Lots of potential opportunities there. Very cool. So keep an eye on that. Really simple. That's all I want to say because I think there's some opportunities. Uh, <laughs> one more way to target. Okay. Um, get one more drink and I got one more thing to say. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. So if you listen to PubCast often, you may have noticed some more um, episodes flying in there that are not like the others. And this came about uh, from a conversation I had with my friend Greg Hickman. He and I I you know we we met up at um NMX in Las Vegas. Didn't and he we have mutual friends. He his friends are all the cool kids. I'm just trying to get in with the cool kids. Um but uh we were at lunch, uh I was at lunch with Amy Porterfield, and a bunch of her friends, and Greg was there. And it turns out Greg was uh is from Denver and so we're you know, he's he's in my neck of the woods and we went out for sushi cuz that's you know I'm trying to, I'm trying to be classy you look at me eating sushi and drinking red wine right so um he had this great idea because he kind of you know knows what what I do that I write a lot of blogs and I'm trying to get more people to listen to my podcast and he's like and I can't even I don't even remember who he said um, does this but they turn every blog post or a lot of them into an audio file so basically they like they read it or they might provide a, a few um, tangents here and there but then they add, that goes into iTunes for for their podcast so my understanding because I'm no iTunes expert kind of like Google the more content you produce the more especially on a specific topic, the more iTunes will start to respect you, just like Google does with me and Facebook marketing. So I thought, oh, that's an interesting idea. So starting last week, I started recording these where I don't don't just sit there in front of my computer and read. (laughs) I try to make it sound like I'm speaking to you conversationally, and I add a few tidbits here and there. But I've started this experiment because I realize not everybody wants to sit in front of their computer and read this whole long blog post. And a lot of these, it's going to take 5, 10, 15 minutes to listen to audio, but you can do that while you're doing other things. So check it out. If you're subscribed to my podcast, um, these, these blog posts are now going to start appearing in your subscription. Start listening to those. Let me know what you think. If you visit my blog, you'll start noticing the option to listen to that blog post, an audio version of that blog post. Listen there as well. Feel free. I'd prefer you listen on iTunes, cause I, that's that's my ultimate goal here. I'm trying to up my profile there, cause I think there's some opportunities. I just haven't figured out iTunes yet. So there's that. Let me know. Drop me a line, John at JohnLummer.com. Feel free to comment on any of my blog posts. Let me know what you think. And uh, that's 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 one of my new strategies. I like I like letting you know what I'm up to. All right. Okay. What? Last call. Oh, man. Yep, so I've asked our bartender for the tab. It is that time. My goodness, where are we at time-wise? I've not to go too, too long here. So thanks again for, enjo- uh, for, for joining me at the virtual pub. A glass of wine or a beer, whatever you had. Um, I was classing it up today. But uh, we'll get back to the beer next week. Of course... If you're a winery or a brewery, and um, I am for sale, I guess, right? You just send me alcohol. I'll drink it on the show. Um, that's kind of how I roll. So Pantheon Cellars, I guess we're going consider, to consider you a sponsor in the cheapest possible way. Thanks for sending the wine, Mr. John Bjork. And uh, thank you for being uh, my guest today, everybody. Until next time. Do awesome things.